The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic partner and founding partner of the Olympic Channel, inspiring you to chase your dream. My name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. That is Medvedeva. Part of the draw to the figure skating world is the drama. On and off the ice, a lot goes into the performance. Mental focus, hours of training, dedication. But what about distraction from the internet, from a phone, from relationships, from whatever? How do figure skaters cut through the noise and concentrate on delivering? Next to skate, Yevgenia Medvedeva. We've spoken to Yevgenia Medvedeva, Adam Ripon, Javier Fernandez and Meryl Davis to find out how to get that Olympic medal-winning mindset. Russian figure skater Evgenia Medvedeva is a two-time world champion and an Olympic silver medalist. Her skill on the ice is unquestionable. But it seems even the best in the world are not immune to criticism. Medvedeva took a break from social media during the summer of 2019. She was tired of the abuse. Honestly, at first I was um, really a little bit afraid of them because um, what they're doing, this is out of my understanding. Why are you spending the time on me and why are you doing all this stuff? Because I didn't do something bad to you, but whatever. I just let it go and like, I mean, um, I just deal that I will never understand it and I just do not pay any attention and try not to check all the comments. I think the all Russian fans um, understand what I meant. So, yeah, I, d I just I don't want to repeat it, but there was in the last summer, yeah, yeah it was in a good situation in the TV, in the social medias, and everywhere um, about words that I didn't say. Like, okay, I dealt with this, so everything is in the past, but yeah. It wasn't really good for my mental health. <laughs> Come back. Honestly, sometimes it really hurts because I don't understand why. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, depressed about it, but I just... Why are you doing this? I'm skating for, like, for our country, so why? But I will not un understand it, like, never. I really want to like to escape from everything, but no, I just know that this is a part of my work, so I just have to to deal with everything and just keep going. I feel so much love in my life from outside. This is amazing. Like, thank you guys. Like. You're, you're incredible. And the worst thing that um, a lot of expectations 
and um, a lot of eyes are just looking at you um, like under the microscope and trying to find uh, something bad in you. But this is a part of my life and it makes me stronger, so I love my life. <laughs> When she was coming through the ranks, social media simply didn't exist. And 2014 Ice Dance champion Meryl Davis says taking a step away from social media from time to time is probably a good idea. I would encourage athletes to minimise the amount of time you spend on social media. You know, even if... 99% of people have good intentions and, and wish you well, whether or not they're your fan, you know, because you can be a fan of someone else and still have um, wish them well and, and maybe not like certain things about their skating, but still wish them well as a person. Um, and there's always going to be that very small percentage of people who don't understand where the boundary is. A lot of you know these athletes nowadays even in the you know the senior ranks are so young and to have to deal with um, being so accessible to people across the world and and having their op opinions be um, and having their opinions be so visible you know I, I think it's it would be very difficult as a young person to not be impacted by um, the opinions of others be they positive or negative. I would, I would definitely encourage the athletes to um, manage and sort of minimize the amount of access um, because ultimately focus is such a big part of, of being an athlete and um, there's definitely a time and a place to um, be open and get a chance to, to share with people but um, there's also I think too much access and too much availability sometimes when it comes to social media. Social media isn't all bad, obviously. Adam Rippon is an amazing skater, an Olympic bronze medalist from the team event at Pyeongchang 2018. He's used his online personality and his social media platform to build opportunities away from skating. Meryl and Adam discussed how to get the best out of social media. most challenging thing as an individual living in today's world, in today's society, is everyone has a voice. Yeah. Some people use their voice for good, not everyone does, and I'm sure that's something that you've experienced both on social media and, and otherwise, and so, in fact, you know, I love the dedication of your book. I think it's, you dedicate it to your haters. I do. You're not that cute, they're not that cute. Yeah. Their hair isn't even, and they look a little bit dusty. Yeah, it's from one of my favorite, like, viral videos. Okay. Online. And I, you know, Everybody has an opinion. Right. It's, um, you know, in this day and age, it's way too easy. Um, you know, before we could talk about somebody we didn't know in private, and it would never get back to them. Now you can say something really nasty about, you know, Lady Gaga, and you have direct access to her. 
You can say whatever you want to whomever because you have a direct connection to them that you've never had before, but we still have that disconnect that we don't know them. Mm -hmm. They are so far out of our worlds that they don't connect. Right. But your words now have a direct connection to anybody you want in the entire world. Mm -hmm. The power of the internet is that so many people can rally around someone going around, going through a hard time. And um, the hardest thing to do is to see all of these nice things written to you, and then the only thing you see is the bad one. And some people can be just really mean. Um, what I've learned is that it, that is a direct reflection of how that person feels about themselves. And as much as we all want to clap back and say something just as nasty back to this person, what I've learned is that if I'm going to respond to this person, I should respond to five of the nice comments. And by the time you respond to the fifth nice comment, you have no desire to speak to this one person who has this nasty thing to say to you. And you don't want to engage with someone who just wants to fight. Right. The only time I ever engage with anyone is if they're just stupid. Yeah, which it, happens, happens. Often. It happens. You know what? It happens. <laughs> it does. But then, you know what? The only, the only reason I would engage is because I think, like, there can be something just funny there. And yeah. I, something for me to laugh at. I won't try to defend my own feelings. Or if somebody just has something just nasty to say to me, which happens on a daily basis, mm. um, it's just, it's not worth going there because I really, I, I'm not bothered. And how do you deal with the haters? Because inevitably with your platform, you know, with, um, you know, as is the case with anyone in the public eye, as we've seen with a lot of the figure skaters recently, um, dealing with their own, you know, online bullying and things like that. Do you have any advice in terms of how to deal with that and how to deflect the negativity? Um, my advice is, uh, know who you are. Um, have, an, have a strong opinion about yourself. Uh, I think sometimes we all look to others, think about what they think of us, and we form our opinion around that. Um, it's really hard to make an opinion about yourself that you've made yourself. And um, I think when you're confident in who you are, you're confident in what you put out into the universe, you're confident in what you put out online, that um, when there are haters and there are people that just don't like what you say, you don't feel like you are being attacked because you are confident in what you say. It still hurts just the same, and it still can be really nasty, and it can still really affect you. But when you have that sense of self-assurance um, that you know who you are and you know that you're not this person that they're describing, or you're confident in what you say, you're passionate in that, that's. That's what's most important. That will get you through um, all that. And also know that for every one hater, there are 10 people out there giving you love and support, and you should focus and give your energy to those people. When it comes to friendship and support, it's hard not to talk about the relationship between Olympic champion Yusuru Hanyu and Olympic bronze medalist Javier Fernandez. Their respect for each other on and off the ice is obvious. And this translates onto social media too. When the Olympic Channel posts things about their friendship, we get a lot of positive feedback. Maybe the world just needs to have more of an attitude like Yuzu 
and Javi. Well, I skated with with uh, Yusuf for many years. I competed with him, and and we actually help each other in the career. Mm-hmm. He is he's a star. He's mm-hmm. a superstar, and also good friend. Mm-hmm. So knowing that even he, I retired and he's still competing and he still think about me, you know, he's he, he leaves he leaves um, a special side mm-hmm. in in his comments and. Then that's why he's an amazing person. He's a good guy, and I'm gonna always, you know, have him by my side and always remember him like one of the greatest skaters in the whole history of figure skating. The reality is that not all relationships are quite like Javi and Yusuru. Training with your rivals every single day is hard. But Olympic champion ice dancer from the USA, Meryl Davis, says that rather than distracting, rivals should be there to inspire you to achieve greater things. Meryl and her partner, Charlie White, saw Canadian pair Tessa Virtue and Scott Muir all the time during training. First off, you know, your you're top competitors, but athletes of such high quality uh, dedication and um, the skill that may differ from your own is a really great way to grow and be a better version of yourself as an athlete. Um, I know that Charlie and I frequently were inspired by training with Tess and Scott and uh, we were very different teams and so looking to them, learning from them over the course of our many years training together and knowing every day we were going to show up and they were going to bring it 100% really inspired us to work our hardest and I think I would like to think it was the same for them as well and um, I think that has probably been the case with Tessa and Scott and Gabby and Guillaume in Montreal and now Gabby and Guillaume and and many of the other teams who are training in Montreal um, you know Yuzuru Hanyu and Javier Fernandez training in, in Toronto and um, I think it's it's definitely not a coincidence that people standing on the podium together people who are having a lot of success train um, at the same rink, not just necessarily because of the high level of coaching, but also because of the atmosphere it can create. You know, it's a feeling of being inspired every day, which can be difficult. I mean, being an elite athlete in any sport is, is very grueling and it's a, it's a tedious process um, of improving every, you know, session, every hour of every day, every week to, you know, in, the, in these four-year cycles and to have um, someone that you are up against but also someone that you respect in the same situation every single day definitely I think helps you bring your best and put your best foot forward. I think as long as the respect is mutual um, it's, it's an appreciation of just a beautiful experience and also I think there's a sense of camaraderie in the understanding of what it is you're going through. The pressure is is high and I think it can cause of course a bit of tension between the athletes you know you want success and you want to be the best and and if you have that competitive nature of of course that's always going to be a part of it and yet that pressure becomes such a part of your day-to-day life. I think it, it can be really difficult for other people to understand what that is, whether it's the dedication or the hours spent training. And I think that 
oftentimes it's the person that you're competing directly against, whether or not you're training with them, who understands what that feels like most. Um, and so it, it can be difficult and, and there can be tension. And yet I think there's oftentimes a, a respect and, a, and, a, and an appreciation for um, the understanding that athletes have that's really difficult for other people to, to, to fully grasp. humans, we're people, and, and feelings are always going to come and go and change and evolve. Um, but I, I would like to think and I, I believe that a lot of these rivalries and a lot of these really close competitions are sort of coated in a beautiful blanket of respect um, because it's hard, you know, what we're doing is hard. and. Um, the process, knowing that there's someone who understands what you're going through, I think is, it's a good feeling. Yeah, as a, as a human. <laughs>There were a lot of rumours about three-time Olympic champion ice dancing pair Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. Were they dating? Were they not dating? They always said they weren't, but, well, Meryl thinks ice dancers should take this as a compliment. You know, Charlie and I always really had to work on our romantic chemistry as it came across on the ice. It's not something that came very naturally to us, um, especially because we grew up um, with a bit of a sort of sibling dynamic. Um, it was something that we really put a lot of effort into working on on the ice and it comes really naturally for a lot of couples. It wasn't something that came naturally to us um, and we were proud of, of working on it. At the time when people wondered, are they, aren't they? We always took it as a compliment because it meant, okay, well, our hard work to, to try to embody this story is working. Social media, media becoming more and more popular was probably about the time Charlie and Tanith started dating, which wasn't a secret. So I think at that point in the skating world, people knew that obviously Charlie and I weren't together, and it was it was never something that we put out into the universe. You know that um, that storyline. So yeah, I mean we we all, like, we always took it as an, a compliment if, if people thought we were, but I think it was quite clear that we weren't. <laughs> I definitely don't think it hinders it. Um, and I, I think it just depends on the personal experience because I think if, if you're experiencing something that's inauthentic, it, it can feel, um, I don't know, it's, I, I, I think that so many couples experience a really natural chemistry, which is really beautiful, whether they are or aren't dating. Um, and I think if, if it feels natural, I think it's wonderful. I think it's it's so beautiful to watch um, a couple on the ice, whether it's a romantic chemistry or whatever it is, portray a story um, and be able to connect with it authentically, whether or not that storyline connects with um, their real lives together. Um, as long as there's, there's some authenticity in it, I think it's really beautiful to watch. 
I think it's more a question of like people and personal relationships than it is figure skating um, because and not talking about anyone in particular but some people in the skating world or in any situation you know you start dating out of convenience right or it's the person that I'm spending time with it's this I'm, I'm you know we're having these moments and perhaps it's not meant to be and in that situation I would imagine it causes a problem and I, I have seen that previously where there's a little bit of a tumultuous relationship between couples who are dating and maybe it's not necessarily a good fit and yet on the other hand there are so many really beautiful couples um, that obviously it's it's such a beautiful part of their skating career and then uh, trans transitions into their their lives off the ice as well Marie France um, and Patrice you know married beautiful couple it was such a wonderful part of their dynamic on the ice and the, the romance and just the love for each other that you could see as they were skating and then it obviously works for them now as they're some of the world's top coaches as well so again long-winded answer but I, I think it just depends on is it is it or is it not the right thing Steering clear of the drama, be it online, on the ice, or in relationships, isn't always easy. But the message from the figure skating world seems to be that with respect and clear intentions, life is a bit smoother. Olympic Talent Podcast. Big thanks to all the figure skaters this week, plus shout out to Katerina Kuznetsova and Rachel Griffiths, who were both huge helps in making this episode happen. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Olympic Channel, but remember, don't overdo it, of course. We have had a lot of great figure skaters on the podcast, but one to recommend is Stefan Lambiel. The two-time world champion and Olympic silver medalist joined us in his home city of Lausanne for the Winter Youth Olympic Games. Here's a clip. I actually started skating um, in Lausanne. I remember um, there was an old building here, an old ice rink, and I used to start skating uh, in the outdoor rink. And, uh, and I also lived for 12 years here in Lausanne, so I, I feel like home. It feels like very special to be home and at the same time to feel the Olympic spirit. I've already put uh, link in the episode description for that one. Really, really enjoyed meeting Stefan. Remember to give us a five-star review on the podcast app. It really helps us out. So thanks if you've done that already. That is it for now, though. See you very, very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.